This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. All right, welcome back. Friday afternoon, St. Patrick's Day. Rob Breckenridge with you. 403-974-8255. We'll have some time for your calls coming up after 2 o'clock and got some other issues to get to as well. Uh, but a story out of B.C., uh, the Global News first broke, that's getting a lot of attention, not just in B.C., but, but beyond, um, involves a, a foster family and a very difficult decision that the system has to make and whether they got it right in this case. Now, we're going to hear uh, shortly from, from uh, a woman named Kathy. We reached out to spend about 20 years fostering children uh, in Calgary. Uh, to get some insight from someone on the inside about how these decisions are made. And we're going to hear from uh, Global News reporter Romina Dea in just a second. Let me just read to you a little bit from the story here. Uh, The quote is, We love you more than anything in the world. Those were the words of a foster dad as he said goodbye to his nine-year-old foster child, whom he had raised since birth. Frightened and confused, the child refused to leave the only home he'd ever known. If you love me, you'll leave me where I am, the child cried. It was the scene caught on video in December when the B.C. Ministry of Children and Family Development decided it was time the boy went back to live with his birth mother and biological sister, who was also raised in foster care. The foster family is speaking out, not just because of the decision, but because of what's happened since then. Joining us on the line is Ramina Dea, reporter with uh, Global TV in B.C. Ramina, appreciate you joining us here. Welcome to the program. My pleasure. All right. So, yeah, the family's concerned about, obviously, just the decision itself, that this is the only family this boy's ever known. It's been very tough on him. But tell us a bit more about what was supposed to happen afterwards and and what ended up happening. Yeah, they're extremely concerned because he was promised um, to have contact. Um, I mean, the, the quotes that you just mentioned about the little boy crying that he didn't want to go, it doesn't do it even justice until you see that tape and you actually hear him. So I encourage your listeners to do that. Go online and do that. Yeah. It is absolutely heartbreaking. And in that tape, he was promised, when you listen to the whole tape in its entirety, he was promised two phone calls a week, Wednesdays, Sundays, 3.45 in the afternoon with his foster parents. Again, as you mentioned, he's lived there his entire life since he was seven months old. So this little boy is being, trying to get, they're trying to coax him out of the house, trying to get him to go with his birth mom. He doesn't want to go. He eventually relents and he goes after he's promised, you're going to get these calls, we'll be in touch with you, we'll be able to talk to each other. So on January 31st, this is about a month after he he left there 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 was communication that was happening between the child and the foster parents on january 31st the foster dad gets this alarming message and his heart stopped he said all it said was help so he gets an email from the foster child saying help he writes back what's going on the child says i'm alone the foster dad's trying to call him there's no contact with him he said it's not the first time this has happened where he was apparently left alone. Um, but this is the first time he got a message about him being left alone. And uh, he, he, there's no communication. He can't contact the child. He's underage as a nine-year-old at home alone. So what does the foster dad do? He calls 911. The RCMP attend. He wanted to make sure that the little one was okay. After that, 
communication cut off. There's no contact with this little boy who they raised since he was a baby since then. So it's been six weeks. They have no idea what the what the outcome was of that investigation. They have no idea how he's doing, whether or not he wants to reach out and wants to speak to them and whether he's not being allowed to. They have no information whatsoever. So what's happened since, or even what's happened this week now that this story's been brought to light? The family came forward because they feel like you, you cannot promise a child who, who has very special high needs, who, who suffers from anxiety about um, the thought of even going to uh, his birth family home. You cannot take a kid like this and just transition him when he simply wasn't ready. And they're not against transition. So they came forward because they said, you know, we're not against this. We've transitioned dozens of kids between uh, him and his wife. The foster parents have had more than 50 children, I believe, Mm -hmm. uh, in their custody over decades. And they've transitioned majority of them back to birth families. So they said it's not about that. It's about the fact that in this case, they feel like government policy trumped this kid's emotional needs, that he just wasn't ready and they needed to spend more time. And the policy here in BC is that, you know, once it's safe to do so, and once the time is right, children need to go back to their birth families. And especially when you're talking about Indigenous children, in this case, this foster kid was an Aboriginal child, there's a policy that especially in those kids' interests. They need to maintain their family connections and their cultural connections. And when it's possible to do so, they need to go back to their birth families. And this foster family is saying, again, they agree with all of that, but this kid wasn't ready and the government shouldn't have forced this. Right. And that's how it certainly comes across. Now, what's been the response from from the ministry? Well, the ministry doesn't talk about individual cases they say it's illegal for them to speak about any individual case so when when you hear from the ministry it's all in general terminology again about the policy so when you ask these questions about what happened to this child as far as the promise that was made you hear it um he was told two phone calls a week what happened no answer to that how is he doing what happened as a result of being left alone and the rcmp that attended no answer to that. There, there, there are no answers to any of those questions because they say it's illegal to tell us anything about this child. So in general, again, they will say that when it is safe to do so, we need to put these kids back with their biological families. And once the child is returned, it's the ministry who remains connected is what they say in their official statement. They're the ones that stay connected to the family to ensure that supports are given to to the birth family in order to transition the child so i mean if that's the case it begs the question why this little one was told in the presence of a ministry worker that you're going to get two phone calls a week and you're going to be able to stay in contact and that has dropped off in the last six weeks right and i i get all of that and and the point about you know the the biological next connections and, and even to the cultural connections i can concede that point maybe there there needs to be some limit then on how long children are left with foster families or at least then the system needs to recognize what i think any common sense individual would recognize children are going to form these bonds especially o- over the course of nine years 
And, 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 and here's what hits the, at the heart of this that is a problem is that they talk about, the government talks about wanting to, to, to have loving and caring homes for these children. But then when it's time these children leave and go back to their biological families, they essentially treat the parents. This is what we've been told by foster parents in many stories, that those foster parents are treated as an employee of the government, that you are hired by us, you're given a paycheck, you are the caregiver, and that's where it ends. So your responsibility is is as an employee, you look after those kids, and once it's time to transition them, you're essentially supposed to just hand them over and ask no questions and just trust that the ministry is going to take care of that child's needs. And, and the, as you said, you, you, you're raised in, in a home. These are, this is the only home, the only family you've known. You can't just cut that off emotionally. No. no you, so you can't yeah. ask for emotional, loving, caring homes. To, to raise these kids in a time of need when they're at their most vulnerable state. And then when it's time for them to leave, just sever those connections. It, it just logically doesn't make any sense. No, it really doesn't. Well, Romina, thank you so much for the update on this. We're going to talk more about it. Uh, and, and certainly we tweeted out a link to the story as well. People should really watch the video. It's really quite something. Romina, thanks for this. My pleasure. All right, take care. Ramita Dea with uh, Global TV in uh, Vancouver. Uh, so they broke the story this week. And uh, look, I mean, it's, it's heart-wrenching enough talking about it. When you watch her story and you, you hear the anguish in this child's voice, the tears, can you just imagine that? Look, and it's not as though the foster parents are saying, he's ours, he's staying here, get out of here. They realize that, okay, this, this is probably going to happen, but it doesn't seem like it was handled well at all. Now, we're going to hear in a few minutes from someone else who's, who's been involved in fostering children here in Alberta, and this hits home for her as well. Uh, this text here says, uh, in Alberta, I've been told the maximum stay for a child with the same foster family is 18 months, at which time they must be moved to another foster family if they cannot go back to the birth mother or relative of the birth matter. Mother, perhaps this is to prevent attachments, I'm not sure. Well, our next guest certainly has has had children in her care for more than 18 months. And yeah, you you need to recognize it's more than just an employee who's looking after the kid. Because these are children. These are the people that are looking after them. Of course they're going to form these attachments. And so it seems incredibly irresponsible just to pretend that that's not the case. 403-974-8255 403-974-8255 is the number. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.